have your Bibles tonight, I want you to turn to the book of James chapter 1. The book of James chapter 1. And we are going to spend our time in the first several verses of the book of James. And before we turn our attention to verse 1, Brother Matt, will you lead us in prayer, please? Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here again tonight, Lord. Lord, I pray that you open our ears to hear the word, open our minds and our hearts to understand and accept the word that is going to be preached here tonight, Lord. Lord, I pray that you anoint Brother Barry, Lord, anoint his mind and anoint his spirit, Lord, Lord, to preach the word that you have given him. Lord, let him preach nothing more and nothing less than what you would have him to preach here tonight. And we give you praise, glory, and honor for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's You may be seated tonight in Jesus' name. The Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 1, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. I'm going to park here for just a moment because I want you to understand the backdrop to this passage of Scripture. The book of James is to the New Testament what the book of Proverbs is to the Old Testament. It's a very practical book. You can take the book of Proverbs, take a chapter a day, and you will find that you can read it in a month's time unless you're in February, and that's not going to work. But the book of James can be read in a very one sitting. It's got five chapters, very simple read. But it reads a very practical way because James wants to get very practical because the Bible says that he's writing to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Persecution had broke out in the church at Jerusalem. Stephen, the deacon, had been martyred for his faith in Acts chapter 7. In Acts chapter 8, the Bible begins that the Jews are then dispersed into Gentile nations because persecution has found its way into their lives. Now today, thankfully, in America, we do not have people being killed for their faith. But I do believe that we're going to see an acceleration of persecution in the church. And James says, I've got a word for you in 2022 just like I had a word for the church of the first century. And if you'll hear me tonight, we will face some trials in our lives. Now today our trials will look different. Sometimes that trial that comes to pass, it is a trial of maybe losing a job. Maybe it was the trial of going through a divorce or the trial of having trouble with your kids. Or maybe tonight you're walking through this trial, a severe financial strain. There's too much moth to too little money. You're in a trial. You've got some hard times. Another trial that we go through is illness. It puts a strain on you. There's also the the trial of the loss of a family member. But I'm here to tell you tonight, God's got a word for you. Because here's the thing about trials, Brother Matt. It has been said that trials, you are in one of three places. You're either heading into trouble... You're in the middle of trouble or you're just coming out of trouble. But I look at a congregation tonight this size and I know somebody's heading into trouble. 
But I'm also looking at a congregation tonight understanding that there's somebody in this church you walked in tonight and you're in the middle of a trial and you said, God, I need a word from you. And God said, I came with a word to encourage you tonight. Yes. There are those you've walked in this church and you've got a praise on your lips because you have just now came out of trouble and you are so thankful for what God has done. A lawyer will spend months and months and months preparing for a trial. Sister, if I can get that slide. He'll spend months and months and months preparing for a trial. He'll get his evidence together. He'll have conferences. He'll meet with witnesses. He'll meet with the people involved. He will get his briefs together. He'll practice his opening statements. He will um, have some counsel with the judge. He'll go through a lot of things because he wants to make sure that he is prepared for that trial because he knows that that trial will have dire consequences. So a judge, a lawyer is going to spend some time getting ready because he's just not going through the trial just because he was bored. Brother, he was going through that trial because he has to help somebody. And if a lawyer will spend time preparing for a trial, I think it's prudent for children of God that we prepare for trials as well. Because if I'm going to head towards one, or if I'm going to find myself in one, or if I'm going to come out of one, I sure want to be prepared because I do not want to go into my trial unprepared. And tonight I want to preach on that title, Preparing for trials preparing for trials and with the help of the Lord tonight I want to give you some ways that will help you and we begin in verse 2 the first way you can prepare for a trial is that we need to understand the timing of trials James wrote in verse 2 brethren count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Now I want you to understand that word temptations there is, the, is, is a word that means trials. It, it means that you're going to be, you're going to be tried as, so, as to produce something in your life. But James says, when. Not if. When. Because it's only a matter of time before you find yourself when the storm clouds are getting dark, that thunder starts rumbling, that lightning starts flashing, that wind starts blowing, and that rain starts hitting your house. He says it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And it's amazing to me because James says diverse temptations. Now, sis, diverse means and I'm going to use a phrase from our governor, it will come in every, every shape, form, or fa- shape, shape, form, or fashion. James is saying, life's not going to get boring because trials are going to come to you all kinds of different ways and they're going to look and they're going to sound all kinds of different. James says you're going to have some times in your life where you're going to have trials and they're going to be different every single time. Keeps life interesting, doesn't it? It's the spice of life. But we understand that trials are going to come. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never went, I can't wait to go through a trial. Never been there. Never done that, Brother Pat. 
I've never woke up in the morning and said, Lord, I sure hope you send me through a trial. But James says, Barry, you need to count it all joy. James, what are you talking about? I've got to count it a joy that I'm going to go through a trial? James says, absolutely. Because when he says count... He has this idea that you're thinking forward. Because when you count it all joy, you're going to understand that that trial is but for a moment. And that trial is producing in you something that nothing else can. Because at the end of that trial, your faith is going to be refined. Your strength is going to be changed. And God is going to get you on the other side better than you were when you walked in. Yes. Amen. Amen. Trials have a purpose in their lives. In our lives. You see, we need to understand the timing of our trials, but James continues to talk in verse 3. He says, We not only need to understand, but we need to embrace the work from trials. Because God doesn't send you through a trial because He's bored. He's not up in heaven saying, How can I pick on this person today? It's not how God operates. God's not sitting amongst the angels and says, you know what? You know, things are going way too good for Sister Lindsay right now. I think I'm going to mess with her. That's not what he's doing. God's got a greater vision of your life and he wants to take you into a dimension of himself that you could not get to otherwise unless there was a trial that found its way towards your house. Amen. It has been said, sis, if I can get the next slide. It has been said that Christians are like tea bags. You never know what's in them until they get in hot water. That tea bag is just a tea bag. But I don't know the contents of it, sis, until I put it in hot water. And hear me today, you don't know what's inside of you until you find yourself in the middle of a trial and you're deep in hot water. And God's saying, I'm trying to bring something out of you so I can put something inside of you. Yes. Amen. And here's what James says. This is what I'm going to do in you. Verse 3. He's going to do patience in your life. Says, knowing this, the trying of your faith worketh patience. Woo! Don't we just love patience? You've heard some well intended believer tell you, don't pray for patience because your life will fall apart. <laughs> and patience really is that fruit of the Spirit that we try to produce ourselves because we don't want to go through the trial, brother. But if you'll let God do that work of that trial in your life, something's going to be produced in you that didn't come by you. It came by the Holy Spirit of God that had power to produce that spirit in you. But something else, something else this work will do is it will perfect you. Verse 4, the Bible says, But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire like a nothing. Some of you have some things in your life that you're maturing. 
but you're not totally there. You meet a kid. Oh, my kid's, that kid's so mature in so many ways. But that child is still a kid. He might be able to talk like an adult, but you mess with him and you'll see the kid come out in him. As believers, we're mature in some areas, but only through a trial can God perfect, can God bring to completion the things that are lacking. Because in a trial, you're going to see what you're lacking in the Lord. But the Holy Ghost is saying, if you'll just embrace this work, I'm trying to do something in you that can only come as a result of a trial. That's how we can, Sister Emily, count it all joy when I fall into diverse temptations. Because I know that God is producing patience and God is doing a work and He's going to bring me to completion. Because there's some things that can only be put inside of you if you go through some storms and through some valleys. Brother Kevin, Sister Hetty and I have been married a few years. We both were older when we got married. Both been walking with the Lord for a long time. But there were some things we were lacking. For a long time, we tried to have a baby. For a very long time, bro, we had tried to have a baby. Month after month after month, disappointment. It was putting a strain on us, Sister Lindsay. Month after month after month of disappointment. Putting a strain on us. But God was doing something in our marriage. God was doing something in, in, in Brother Barry's heart. God was doing something in Sister Hetty's heart that would have only came as a result of that trial. Only because of that trial. I'm here to tell you, some of you in this room, you've held on to some things in your life and you're glad you did because it was through that storm that you got stronger on the other side. There's some marriages you were about to go under, but you said, no, this is a trial and I'm not going to give up on my marriage because there's something on the other side that's going to make my marriage stronger and I refuse to give up. We need to understand that there's a time trials are going to come. We need to embrace that work when it hits. But there's something else we need to do. We need to ask God for wisdom in trials. Verse 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth nothing. I love the fact that I may be going through a storm in my life, but God offers me His entire resources at my call. Because the weatherman can say, there's a tornado warning in your area. But that weatherman can't make you go find shelter. But when you're in the middle of a storm and you don't know what to do, you don't know how you're going to make it, you call unto God and say, God, I need you. I need wisdom. I need to know what to do. And God says, here it is. Here it is. I love you. I'm not forsaking you. You're in that trial. But there's something being produced in you that is so great you can't even imagine yet. Yeah, that's right. Amen. He gives it to me liberally. 
everything I need to get me through that trial, God gives it to me. Don't give up in your trial. That's right. Get as close to God as you possibly can. That's exactly right. That's the key. You're going to try in your pride, in your humanity, to do everything you can to stop it yeah. or to bring a calmness to it. God's like, that's not what I want done. I need you to embrace the work and I need you to call on me. Because I've got something that's going to help you through it. I love this phrase right here. And upbraideth nothing. Sister Martha, that means that God is never insulted by me coming to Him over and over and over. Hear me today. You say, God's tired of hearing? No, 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 no. God says, I want you to call on me. I don't want you to stop. You're in the middle of a trial. You hold on. You call out to me. I'm not going to be insulted every time you call out because I love you. Don't get tired when your grandkids call you and ask you for money, do you? You want to know why? Because you love them. And God loves you and says, I don't want you to die in your trial because I'm putting something inside of you that you haven't even understood yet. We'll ask Him and He'll give it. But you've got to ask Him in faith. I'm not going to ask for testimony at this time, but how many of you prayed prayers that you had no intention of believing that God would answer them. Never had an intention. When you prayed it, I don't think He'll do it. Lord, I pray for wisdom. I don't think He's going to give it. Lord, I need You, I need you to bless my family. I don't think He's going to. Don't do that to God. He's not insulted by you asking Him. Don't you dare be insulting Him by not believing He can do it. He is a good Father and He loves when the kids come to Him and say, Daddy, I need some help. That's right. We've got to understand that trials, we're not going through it by ourselves. Bro, when you're going through a trial, it's not just you going through it. Your family's going through it with you. Your church is going through it with you. Your pastor is going through it with you. You're not by yourself. You got all those resources, but guess what else you got? You got God who says, if you'll call on me, I'm going to give you everything you need for that trial. That's right. Amen. Amen. Job was going through it. He went to God. God gave him everything he needed. It's amazing to me. Oh, Job. Joseph was going through some trials. Yep. <laughs> sure did. God gave him everything he needed. Even when it seemed like he was silent. When you say life of Joseph, there's two years where heaven is radio silent. There's no new word from God. But God was putting people in place. 
He was doing the things that only God can do because God's the controller of all things. God was putting people in place saying, okay, I need to put this person here. I need to put and it's about time for me to give Joshua a word. We got to be prepared for trials. So that way when they come, sister, Emily, we're not blindsided by them. When the clouds start gathering, you start saying, all right, Lord, something's happening. I need you. And you start getting close to God, and God begins to do what only God can do. There's something else you got to do. Begins in verse 9. You need to recognize the equality in trials, within trials. I want you to understand something. James says, Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he's exalted, but the rich in that he is made low, because the flower of the grass shall pass away. Trials have a way of putting everybody on playing field, equal playing ground. Trials will hit your pastor and trials will hit you. Trials will hit the rich and famous and they're going to hit the low and broke. Trials have a way of getting everybody. Because the Bible says it rains on the just and on the unjust. There's not a soul in this room you are exempt from any ever, ever having a trial. Trials do not know in age or in economic status. Trials do not know your station in life and they don't care about your history. Let me tell you something. Cancer does not know in age. We got a license plate at the DMV for childhood cancer awareness. There are babies born with cancer. I would have never dreamed that my mama at the age of 60 would be diagnosed with cancer. She was 60. Her mama just turned 93 a couple of months ago. My mama should have lived long. But cancer got her because cancer doesn't know a station of life and doesn't know an age. And neither does a trial. Sis, can I have that next slide? People say you can't take it with you. But this cat sure did. Try to. They got that hearse hooked up to that U-Haul because that cat thought he could take what he had in the natural. Yep, right. Right. Come on now. But a child's going to say, you can't take what you got in the natural. You've got to tap into something that's supernatural. Yeah. That's right. I don't care where you've been, what you've done. A child's going to find you one way or the other. So you can go through it. I can go through it. And I'm looking at some folks that I'm sure 
you could tell me story after story of what you've been through. And I'm sure that in the middle of that trial, you didn't think anyone else would go through that. But a trial says, yeah, I'll, I'll find someone else with that. But let me show you what verse 12 tells you to do. When you're preparing for a trial, delight in endurance through the trial. Brother Barry, why in the world are you going to put the word delight when you're talking about me going through a storm? Because of what verse 12 says. Blessed is the man that endureth temptations. For when he is tried, he is going to receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Blessed, brother, that means divine delight. I'm going to count it all joy, but I'm going to find me a delight as I endure the trial because there's something on the other end that God's put inside of me that nothing else can. That trial's not going to be wasted. I'm going to get what God's got for me because he's going to take me into a dimension that I've never experienced before. Amen. Because on that day, James told me, you need to count it all joy. You need to think forward. Think forward, sis, to that day when you're going to see Jesus face to face. And you fought every battle. You endured every trial. And there you are before Jesus. And he says, welcome home, child. You endure till the end. You love me and I love you. That trial was worth it. You had to go through it to get to here. You see, God's trying to do something beautiful in your life. But too often in a trial, we fight the trial. We don't want it there. We don't want it to be a part of our lives. We don't want that because that's too much. That's too heavy. You're telling God, uncle, uncle. And God's like, no, 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 no. i got to turn it a little bit more because there's something I'm trying to put in you. And I've got to break you to put it in you. I told you tonight, you walked in this church and you're going through some trials you're going through some tribulations, but the help of God is in this house. I have one more slide for you. An oyster. An oyster. Oyster has a protective coat on it. And every now and then, so you've got a protective coat as well. You've got the Holy Ghost. That's how you can go through trials and tribulations because you've got a power inside of you the world don't got. You've got the power of the Holy Ghost. The power that treads upon scorpions and serpents. Power over the enemy. Power in authority. Power. Amen. You've got protection. 
But every now and then, an oyster is going to get an irritation into itself. It can come in the form of a grain of sand or another object. But it was a foreign object that came in. And that oyster, instead of fighting, began to create something that is so valuable and so beautiful that people will go to jewelry stores and spend thousands of dollars on one. But to that oyster, it was an irritation. Those Jews thought it was an irritation. They had to leave their homeland. And they were under persecution. But God was doing something inside of them that persecution could only put inside of them. Tonight, you've got an irritation in you. You've got a trial that's going inside of you. But God is saying, I'm doing something beautiful. You don't see it yet. You don't realize what I'm putting inside of you. You don't know what I'm creating inside of you. I'm taking your life deeper. I'm giving you a ministry. I'm blessing your church. I'm blessing your community. The thing that is bothering you, I am using for my purpose. Count it all joy when you fall into all kinds of diverse temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Can we stand to our feet across this room? Tonight I have hit a nerve. You walked into the house of God and you were fighting some stuff. You walked into the house of God and you're like, I just... I don't know. I'll go to church and I'll go through the motions. I know what I gotta do. I know what I gotta say. I know how I gotta sing. I know I need to lift my voice. But it's midweek and I don't know if I'm gonna make it this Friday. God knew exactly what you needed. Said, I love you. And I want to tell you, every trial you've been through has been worth it because I've done something that would not be there if it hadn't been for those trials. It was an irritating piece of grain that hit my life. But God says, I'm making it into a pearl. Because there's going to be a day <laughs> when I'm going to be walking the streets of gold in gates of pearl. Tonight the help of God is in this house. And I invite every single one of you tonight to come gather at this altar. If you're in the middle of a trial, I want you to come and just tell God, I surrender. 
I surrender, God. I see what you can do. I surrender. Job, before his trial, had a lot of stuff. But it wasn't until after he lost everything and he was through his trial that God says, you know what, Job? I'm going to give you more than you had before the start. Because, Job, you wouldn't have had all that stuff if I haven't put you through the trial. You need to run to this altar tonight because you're going through a trial and you need to understand you need to get a vision of what's going to be the end result as she begins to play. I want you to come tonight and gather around the altar. I want you to lift your hands. I want you to talk to God.